0: All right, for the rest of us, we are uh, bringing to a conclusion a series that we've been in for a few weeks, and this is part four, and the conclusion of a series that we're calling Character. We've been looking at the character attributes of God, and why are we doing that? We're doing that to do something more than just know information about God and uh, to know all about God. We are doing that so that we can literally be uh, experiencing transformation, that's more than information. And when you know God, it's different than knowing about God. And so that's what this series has been about. We've been covering uh, just a few of his many character attributes. and uh, We've been covering his kindness, his loving uh, character, and his graciousness. And today we're bringing it to a conclusion, although there are many more aspects of his character traits that we could look at. We're looking at his faithfulness to us. So God is Faithful to us. Now, <clears throat> just by way of review, we began with the uh, kind of the tricky theological phrases about his attributes. Uh, that the theologians use, and we tried to make this stick a little bit, be sticky rather than tricky. The character attributes, which are incommunicable attributes, his attributes that are like his omnipotence, his omniscience, his immutability, which means he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's unchanging. Those are characteristics that are incommunicable. We, We don't copy those. We can't copy those. Then there are the communicable characteristics like these that we're looking at, which they're like, and this is where we make it sticky, communicable attributes are like communicable diseases. You can catch them, and you catch them by drawing uh, close to God in close proximity, and you will be infected, and you yourself will become contagious. Well, this is positively infectious, positively contagious, not with the disease, but with the answer. And so that's part of what we're talking about and trying to draw near to the God we really know and come in close proximity so that his characteristics, which he has designed us to have also in dependence upon him, will start to be infectious to honor him and to make a difference in the lives of those around us. So it's how we experience God, and it's how we experience a good and beautiful life. So we're going to look at his faithfulness, so let's jump right in with point number one. God's faithfulness is absolute. So that part of his faithfulness we, we cannot copy, and here's why. His faithfulness is absolute because it is working in cooperation with the rest of his characteristics, including his incommunicable attributes like his omnipotence, his, the fact he's all-powerful. So when God says something and he promises something, he's got the power to pull it off. So when we promise something, sometimes we don't have the power to pull it off. There's a difference between an absolute faithfulness that God can pull off because of his omnipotence, his omniscience. He can look into the future and plan it all out and make it happen, which is different than our um, faithfulness that reflects him. And so his uh, faithfulness is absolute. So when God speaks, he speaks truth. That's part of his nature. And it's who he is. And so his faithfulness goes with this nature. So when he speaks truth, it's absolutely trustworthy anything he says. He is faithful. And you can trust him. And when he says a promise, it's as good as done. We're just waiting on his timing. It's, there's no question about it because of who he is. It's not just that he's this being that's faithful. He's this being that's faithful. He know, he's also God. And so with his power and with his all-knowingness and with his uh, ability to look into the future and predict it, he's going to pull it off. And that faithfulness creates this powerful standing and a foundation for us to live out a faithfulness which is slightly different than his, that's built on his faithfulness. And so God's faithfulness is absolute, whereas our faithfulness is not absolute. So now we're ready for point number two. Your faithfulness depends. A lot of things that we might think of—it depends on this. It depends on if uh, if you remain faithful. It depends on and all that kind of thing. But really, what we're getting at is this: our faithfulness depends on God's faithfulness. We have been created as dependent beings. Now, follow me here. We like to live independent lives but we need to recognize the truth of the fact that life itself comes from God and we're totally dependent on God for every breath. That in a moment, he could bring our days to a close and he knows the last day of our life and the last breath and when that is and it's really dependent upon God's plan, not our plan. And our whole life is dependent. Every character attribute of ours is dependent upon the character attributes of God. So if you want to be faithful, good luck trying to be faithful on your own. We have been created to function best when we depend on God. And we actually function worse when we stop depending on God. So when we're looking at how we can be faithful, we need to recognize that our faithfulness depends. A lot of people, whether they believe in God or not, they view faithfulness as a desirable quality. They really want faithful relationships and a relationship that they have with somebody. They want that person to be faithful to them. And in fact, if you, I've yet to hear this. Hey babe, do you want to get married for a while? (laughs) And the reason why we laugh is because marriage is a covenant and covenants are designed for faithfulness we're faithful to covenant promises. That's the whole point. So if you're going to get married, why would you get married for a while? Everybody gets married thinking this is for life. But we have a hard time pulling that off because our faithfulness depends. Depends on a lot of things. But if we make our faithfulness depend on God, we have some really powerful abilities um, that come from God to help us in our faithfulness. So Just a little over 40 years ago, um, Gina, my lovely wife, and I began to talk about getting married, and we began to even talk about how it would be really great to grow old together, and uh, we're learning how great that is. Um, (laughs) And it is great. Life is great at every stage with God. But the point is, don't put a marriage on a pedestal just because they've been faithful for all this time. Faithfulness, you can learn that from a turkey. (laughs) This comes from Jason Cruz. He's from Nashville, Tennessee. Male turkeys, often referred to as toms or gobblers, are created with a unique ability. When a tom gobbles, all hens within range answer the call and move toward him. Some of you men are jealous. Uh, during the spring mating season, tom's call for potential mates all day long. There is an exception, however, if a tom already has a hen with him, most of the time he will not leave his lady to check out another, no matter how enticing the response. The tom is wired to know that females come to him. In most cases, a mature tom will not leave the hen he can see to chase down a hen he cannot see. It's against his nature, but there are exceptions. Every now and then, the tom will violate everything he knows to be true and leave his hen. Most of the time, he never comes home. What sounded like a willing mate was in reality an imposter holding a gun. I think that's a really good parable. (laughs) Faithfulness is not only about marriage. One of the best pictures of faithfulness that I know of. Um, And faithfulness comes in all shapes and sizes. The particular picture I have in mind was four foot 11. She was a lady who gave 51 years of faithful service to this church from the day that it started. And I had the privilege of serving with her side by side for 28 years. This little four foot 11 faithful picture's name was Ruth Ann Haney. Faithfulness is for everybody that wants to be more like God in his character attributes, because God is a faithful God. So, whether you would like to be faithful or not, and I think most of us would, that your ability to carry this off depends. And so, A on your outline, if you depend on worldly ideas, you will fail. If you depend on worldly ideas, you will fail. If you think, oh yeah, we've got what it takes. We're going to have this marriage down. We're gonna, we're gonna, we've got it. I mean, obviously, you know, and you've tested it out and everything else, and now it's time to get married, and you think you've got what it takes. Watch out. You don't. We don't have what it takes to be faithful in and of ourselves. Why is that? Because we are dependent creatures created to depend on God to be able to pull off faithfulness. We are like flowers. Flowers who are designed to set their faces toward the sun. And when we do, we thrive and flourish and blossom. And if we're Out of proximity and not facing the sun, we do not thrive, we wither, we die away. And so watch out if you think you can pull this off. And the place to look when you're starting to flounder is not in the self-help book section. I've said this so many times that most of you could probably fill in the blank. Self-help cannot help when self is the problem. And that's the problem when it relates to this whole concept of faithfulness. So if you think you're struggling with faithfulness trying harder with a self-help approach and and making yourself more faithful apart from depending on God is going to fail you. You need God for this to be pulled off. On the screen is a quote that I cobbled together for us today. Unfaithfulness is another word for sin of any kind, and every one of us had or has a sin problem of some kind to contend with. It's kind of a depressing statement, but... That is a truth that you have to get a hold of to understand where faithfulness really comes from and all the good news of the entire new covenant comes from, and there's great news. We don't have to stay there. The great news is Jesus Christ has come to not only forgive us our sins, but to set us free from the power which captivates us and keeps us from a life that is thriving. Good news is that we can become faithful as God has promised for us if we'll depend on him for it. So depending on God is the answer. So depending on worldly ideas, you will fail. Be on your outline. If you depend on God's promises, you will grow. If you depend on God's promises, you will grow. Hebrews 10:23 reads Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful So we have a rock solid foundation to anchor our faith to that he who promised is faithful Our faithfulness is made strong by the strength of God's faithfulness. Now, I'm going to tie two words together if you haven't already tied them together. If you've heard me uh, a lot, you've heard me do this before, not in this exact way, but I, I need it to become just kind of the way you think because a lot of people have this weird idea what faith is about. A lot of people think that faith is about what takes place inside as you believe something that's really hard to believe, and that faith is this realm of believing the unbelievable, and you just got to try to believe it, and that is not what faith is. Faith is trusting in the reality that is, so I want you to marry the word faith with the word trust every time you read about faith. It's not a... I'm going to believe this stuff that science says is not real. No, you're going to believe the stuff that is real because God is real. What Jesus has done is really been done, and he is a real person. You're going to believe it because it's real, and you're going to get to the place where you literally trust it. It's not just believing in your head. It's believing all through who you are so that when Jesus says something, you trust him so much you do it. When he commands something, you're living it. Why? Because you trust that he knows right down to every detail of your life what is the happiest existence you can have is walking with Jesus the way he described his worldview is correct. It's reality. And every time you live according to a different reality, you're going to discover you're bumping into this thing that's verifying the fact that your lies are lies. It's not reality. You might believe a lie and live it, this is what I think will make me happy, but you're gonna to start to see your life unravel, and as it unravels, the reality is Jesus is right. And so begin to trust Jesus, that's faith. Faith is trust in a reality. And every time you start having a breakdown in reality, it's gonna hurt, okay? So marry your faith with trust. Here's another one line quote for us to just build off of. Faithfulness is being true to covenant promises. We already kind of had the marriage illustration of that, but in the Bible, we we need to get a hold of the rock-solid foundational truths that God is a covenant-making God. He's a promise-making, promise-keeping God. That's how he's revealed himself to us, but there is a responsiveness to him and his reality where in covenant, he's making promises, but we're making promises as well. Responses to what he has promised, Okay. So faithfulness is being true to covenant promises. Now, in the whole Old Testament, this is based on the Old Covenant. The way life worked is trust what God commanded, do what God commanded, and you're going to be happy. And yet, God had a plan that he was gonna amplify this kind of thing to raise our level of experience from not just trusting and obeying, but far bigger than this, so that our experience exceeds everything that any old covenant follower experienced. And it exceeds, us, it exceeds their experience in this revealed truth, And it's a revealed reality as we jump into the good news of the new covenant. So we're ready for that. See on your outline, if you depend on God's spirit, you will experience God. If you depend on God's spirit, you will experience God. Now, I'm going to jump right to the promise of Jesus to help us to experience what the old covenant followers did not experience. With the exception of a few prophets, okay? What was only the exception, I'm glad the lid was on, what was only the exception becomes the norm for everybody entering into covenant with God in the new covenant. Here's Jesus's promise. John 14, 15 through 17 reads, if you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth and notice spirit in at least my translation is capitalized to identify that this is the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Let's put this together with another quote on the screen. Here's the quote. In the new covenant, we are not only dependent... We not only depend on God's promises, we depend on God's spirit indwelling us. So we're, we're amping it up a bit, not just depending on his commands believing them, not just depending on his promises believing them, we're amping it up to now you're depending and believing in and have a personal relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, and so it's a daily dependence that's experiential. If you're not experiencing that, you haven't really experienced a new covenant yet. You're still living as if it's Old Covenant. I want you to experience the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and depending on the Spirit and experiencing God's faithfulness in His character attributes and kindness and love. And and the more you experience it, the more out of your experience you just are living his kindness, living his love, living his graciousness, living his faithfulness, and you are infectious. You've caught it. And others are catching it too. They get a glimpse of you and say, how does this work now? What do I need to do? How do I get there? How do I experience this? Joy, joy, unspeakable joy, as you're just blossoming before God. I want, to, I want that experience. I'm a withered flower, okay? Now, when you enter into the new covenant, You made promises whether you knew it or not. When you were baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ, your covenant ceremony was an expression of your promises as you're uniting with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So that you're uniting with his death and accepting his death as the death that pays for your sins, but you're also accepting that you are burying your old life in the waters of baptism because now, as it's buried there, you're being raised with a new life as he places his spirit in you, his resurrection life in you, so that you're able to live with a new power, a new help. You have a helper, a counselor every day to walk with Jesus. You have a helper to be faithful. So every day, I think, every day we should be using the word help in our prayers. God help me, this, God help me, that. Because every day we can live out our creative purpose to live in dependence upon God and experience what God has intended for our lives, to be beautiful, filled with the characteristics of God, which is what we call godliness, being like God in his character, The Holy Spirit helps us to live this way. By the way, when you said yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to the guy who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you are also saying no to my way of living. Right? No to my truths, which I think I'm going to be happiest doing it this way. You're saying no to that. You're saying no to the self-willed life and yes to Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life to live out a resurrection life which he directs. We made these promises and we're faithful to these promises not because we have it in us. We're faithful to these promises by having the Holy Spirit helping us to be faithful to these promises as we walk with God. Relying on the Holy Spirit Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 reads, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Or what did I tell you about faith? Trust. Trust him, trust him, trust him, trust him. You got to believe in him to trust him. But move it to the place of trust. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and breadth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. It's not just information. It's way beyond that. And it's even incomprehensible if you're just getting after information. It's so, whoa. It's hard to describe, okay? And then I love the last phrase. Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Whoa, what does that mean? It means we can be filled with the fullness of God's character every good character attributes of God becomes our character as we're reflecting His being. Why? Because we keep drawing close in proximity and we begin to glow, not maybe literally with light, but with the characteristics of God as we were close enough, drawing near enough to catch these and be infectious to honor Him and help others to honor Him. Galatians five twenty two through twenty three lists off the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and here it is: faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. I've mentioned already before in the previous sermon what is the fruit of the spirit for? It's not for you. Uh, as if you're a cul-de-sac to hold on to blessing. It is a blessing. It does bring joy, and it does bring peace, and it does bring patience and kindness and goodness, but the blessing that is given to you is to bless others. That's the point. And we also made promises to Jesus that we're not only going to be Walking on the way of Jesus, living the lifestyle of Jesus, obeying the truths of Jesus, grabbing a hold of the life of Jesus, we're also on the mission of Jesus so that others can get to know him too. That the fruit of the Spirit is how others see something otherworldly in us. How is it you can have joy right now? How is it you can have peace right now? How is it that this, you're able to be faithful right now? It's not mine. It's the Spirit helping me. I just pray for help every day. I'm walking in dependence on God. He's the one that's producing this character in me. And somebody says, how how does that work? And we just begin to share how it works for ourselves and point them to Jesus, point them to Jesus, point them to Jesus. I have a practice exercise that I want to give you as a way of concluding today. And the practice exercise is... Written down as the practice if you've got the paper outline, the last one, if you've got the paper outline. And it's written down if you've got the uh, digital U uh, version events outline, which we provide. It's on the last of the questions, but on the screen, so you don't need to quickly write this down. Write a letter to God that begins Dear God, the life I want most for myself is. And then finish that sentence with your letter and attempt to describe the good and beautiful life you want to live. Save this letter and set a reminder to review it next year. Okay? You might want to figure out where you're going to put it so you remember. You might In your little review, your reminder, you know, thing, put down where you put it. If it's like me, I forgot where I put something 10 minutes ago. Um, and... Some of you aren't going to jump on this because it's work. And some of you aren't writers and words are not your thing and that's not motivating to you. But let me just put some motivation there. Can you imagine if you spend a little time prayerfully before God imagining a better place a year from now? That's called faith. And as you're articulating your faith to grow between where you are right now and where you'd like to be a year from now, as you start putting it into words, you're going to start looking at perhaps some of the details, some of the, the path that it takes to get there a little bit as you think it through. And if, if you want, you can even make this a matter of a daily prayer to help you get there. It's a helping and asking help to get to this place, but let's make it more personal, more specific to you. Because after all, aren't we all about helping one another, helping each of us take steps from wherever we are to where God wants us to be. I know there are huge steps in front of me to be where God wants me to be. I know there's areas in my life, a bunch of them that are not even blind spots, and I have blind spots. You know those. (laughs) That I need to Think through, pray about, and ask God to help me become more kind, more loving, more gracious, more faithful. And that's just the four we've covered. And there's the fruit of the Spirit here. And if you can read more, there's so much more of what God is like. Would you take some time to do that? It'll make a very big difference. But I'm going to turn the corner for a moment. Some of you aren't gonna do that precisely because you're in a dark place right now. That's the last thing you can even imagine doing. So dark you're not even sure that you can improve. You've tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed and you've just struggled all along and you're hoping to hang on to something and you've got little tidbits coming your direction but just, you're low. You've been in a really dark place. You're in a really dark patch. Can I just say you don't need to stay there? And you know why you don't need to stay there? Because God is faithful. So we're going to finish with 1 John 1, 1.9 that reads this way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you would like a close, personal relationship with God, it comes by way of Jesus. And let me just say something that's not politically correct. It's what everybody gets angry at Christians about, but it's reality. The only way you can have a personal, close relationship with God the Father is through His Son He sent to die for our sins. And only in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, this is the reality of how we can get past our sin and past the darkness we're living in. And if you reach out to Jesus, he is faithful and righteous because God honors what he has done on the cross for you. He honors what he has done by raising him from the dead and giving resurrection power to you to experience what you were never able to experience before, power to say no to the thing that has you gripped in its dark talons. You can be set free because God is kind, loving, gracious, and faithful. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we cry out to you, our Savior. We know that you have done far more than we even understand and can imagine. And you're willing to do even more than we can ask or imagine. And so we ask you to help us to keep looking to you, the answer to our darkness. And just shine your light into our lives so that we have a strength that's not of our own strength. The ability that comes from you to say yes to you and no to whatever it is that's got its grip on us. To walk free because you are a promise-making, promise-keeping God. Lord Jesus, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. If there was a dark place you would like some prayer about or you have any other kind of need, we have a prayer team to the right of the stage. On the screen, I'd like to just give you a little teaser. Here's what's coming next week. It's a series called (laughs) I'm That Fool.